Welcome to the Unlocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It's meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of rambling wrecks. Welcome back to episode number 95 of Unblocking Crypto. Hal, great to talk with you again. Good to be here, Jason. So I, I think we should definitely start off talking about what's going on with Binance and the SEC. We talked a little bit about it last week, but there's definitely been some more details that have come out. So just to recap, Binance has now settled with the DOJ for $4.3 billion. CZ, who is the old CEO of Binance, is having to step down, and he had to put up a $175 million bond, and he is, I guess, been deemed a flight risk, even though he came over to the U.S. to take care of this. So he has to stay here in the U.S. until his sentencing in February, and he cannot go home to be with his family in the UAE. So kind of, I guess, crazy, but I think the good news is with all this happening, there is kind of a bank run on Binance, if you want to call it that, where they had a billion dollars flow out in 24 hours and there was no issue. So this is nothing like FTX. Binance is probably one of the best exchanges out there still just because they've done everything and, and been able to survive the whole wild west of the crypto to start. Um, and a lot of people are saying now that we can get this behind us, then crypto can kind of turn the page on this and move forward. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it too. Like Binance is now, like you can use Binance and feel good about it. it it's the SEC is going to have on-site monitoring for the next three years at Binance. So you know, it's 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 almost it's like their way of cleaning things up without actually providing regulations. So we'll see how it works. I think it would be easier if they just gave rules, but if they define rules, then companies will just work around them. So it seems like their way of doing it is just take the biggest companies, Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, et cetera, and just kind of deal with them individually. So that seems like a little cumbersome way to regulate, but at least it's kind of cleaning things up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird too, where if you look at what's happened in the past with banks that have done, I guess, violated this Bank Secrecy Act, which is not doing the, the full know your customer and allowing, I guess, terrorists to trade money on your account, right? Um, there's a lot of other banks out there that have not had their CEOs personally liable for any of this, right? So Goldman Sachs never had any issues at all. So it's kind of crazy. They're going after CZ. It's, it's almost kind of this whole thing where they still don't like crypto, right? And even though there weren't really a ton of rules, they're, they're trying to go after them pretty hard. And I mean, 4.3 billion is a lot of money, but at the same time for Binance, who's what a $66 billion company at this point, and they started as a $15 million IPO not too long ago. They're, they're doing okay, right? They have a lot of assets still in their accounts. They actually have more assets than customer liabilities. So they're kind of the opposite of FTX there where they've kept a rainy day fund this entire time too. So it's, it, it just seems to me as they're still being kind of a target for the, the old financial institutions to kind of go after. I think this will actually be a benefit for companies like Coinbase that uh, are owned by a lot of the major banks now, or at least uh, I think JP Morgan and uh, somebody else own like 10% of Coinbase at this point, right? So now that Coinbase is kind of the only one that can do most of this, I mean, 
it, those banks are going to benefit from this whole situation as well. Yeah, I think as this thing moves forward, the banks will figure out a way to to capitalize on this. So the, the ETFs definitely one way. Although the you know the fees on the ETFs it's not huge, but the one percent that they get uh, for for being a financial advisor for people, you know now you're talking about almost two percent in fees for whatever they hold. So yeah, I mean that's how banks work, and that's how big business works. You know they'll they'll figure out how to make their money. Yeah. So I know we've talked about some of the meme coins in the past. As soon as this all happened, a CZ meme coin, which had nothing to do with Binance or CZ, popped up and it has garnered about an 18,000 percent return <laughs> so far. And then the new CEO, Richard Sang, who I think Binance kind of saw this coming because they had been prepping him for a little while to take over for CZ anyways. His meme coin, Tang, I think is what it was, went up like 14,000%. So I'm sure at some point they're going to be rug pulled, but it's just kind of funny that there's still a lot of people that are, I guess, fans of CZ and, and Binance in general for that to happen. Yeah, it's those meme coins. I mean, it takes like 20 bucks for it to jump a thousand percent. So, yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of crypto in general and uh, the total crypto inflow just reached a, a new three month high, which is kind of exciting. If you look at what happened last week, $112 million went into Bitcoin. And that now means that about a billion and a half has flowed into Bitcoin in 2023. And it, it's kind of interesting when you look at it from that perspective, because we've been talking about what's going to happen when ETFs allow institutions and, and some of the financial markets to get in. If a billion and a half is all that's happened in 2023 <laughs> and what the pricing changes that we saw with that, holy cow, this is going to be kind of a wild ride as soon as ETF happens here on January 10th is 90% of what everybody thinks, right? So kind of interesting that it's not a lot of money at this point for, for Bitcoin to really go up high. Yeah, I saw those 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 inflow numbers as well. and. And a lot of it is like a few big whale type addresses. There's one that's picking up like 500 Bitcoin per day, every day for the last few weeks. And so it's like, everybody thinks it's one of these ETFs that's kind of just getting some seed money so that they don't have to go buy a bunch of Bitcoin once the ETF opens. So they're just kind of pre-planning. And so when you have buy pressure like that, you know, yeah, price goes up, but a million, a billion and a half over the course of a year. And, you know, you could see 10 billion, 10 billion in, you know, six or eight months after the ETF is, is launched. So it's definitely a wild ride. I, like, I think now that everybody's super bullish on this, I'm like, oh, there's, they're going to figure out a way to kick the can down the road on this ETF, you know, and like, you know, Bitcoin usually moves in the direction of maximum pain. And I think maximum pain is, is down, you know? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's, if the SEC figures out a way to, to get around it in January. And so then you get like a, you get some negative, negative, negative price pressure. And then we go into our normal cycle after that. 
Yeah, well, and the other interesting piece to all of this too is the number two coin on the list as far as inflows for the year was Solana. So um, Ethereum was actually negative. I <laughs> saw that pretty, too, yeah. It was pretty far down the list. So yeah, I mean, Solana continues to be, I guess, something to pay attention to. Somebody, apparently there's smart money that's going into it, maybe, uh, but it's it, it's doing well. So I was read a little bit too about if you look at what kind of Bitcoin is doing and they're starting to look like it's following the last two bull runs, right? So from 15 to 18 and then 18 to 22, I mean, we saw a lot, I mean, some huge gains, right? 100X and 21X, something like that. So there is some very, if it's going that way, then there's still not about 700 days of bullish momentum still left with Bitcoin, which puts it kind of the, the top near like October of 2025. Uh, so we're, yeah, to your point, there's probably still some drops to come <laughs> for sure. It's, it's definitely not going to go straight up and do the right, especially for two years. But it's uh, interesting that we're still a long ways away before everybody thinks that the top is going to be in like it has been in the past. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And, and there's a Twitter handle called ecoin metrics and they put up good charts a lot of times they overlay what's going on in right now with previous cycles and it's it's bitcoin's kind of doing something similar to what it's done in the previous cycles and you know it's like you said 700 more days before the you know before the equivalent peak in the last three cycles so it's like everything you think things are going to move fast but it's still almost almost two years from when you know this bitcoin cycle is going to peak so that's a pretty long time in crypto terms i mean who knows where ai is two years from now you know some of these things move really fast and so for me it's just accumulate and sit back and be along for the ride and expect things to go up but not straight up yeah and dollar cost averaging is your friend for sure. And I, I think altcoins are kind of in the same boat. If there is a an altcoin golden cross on the simple moving average the tw for the 20 month uh, time frame, and in the past it has only hit two times, and we've seen some fairly good gains, and that's about to hit again. So, it, I mean, it, it just looks promising, right? I mean, it, it looks like things are going well. You're getting the Binance SEC thing out of the way. The ETFs are about to come. There's just so much positive news. And any negative news that does happen is like no one even cares about it anymore. And it's it's the opposite of what it was a year ago. Yeah, it, it, when, it, when we're in the bull run, like any bad news, it gets ignored. And the good news gives you price increases. And then it's the other way around when things when prices are going down it's like oh there's bad news we're going to drop three grand per bitcoin and the good news it's like it doesn't it doesn't make a dent yeah exactly so grayscale had a uh, meeting with the sec i think last week and what ended up happening is they refiled their etf shortly afterwards so I think everything looks good. I think one of the big things was they were going to use BNY Mellon as their transfer agent. But other than that, I mean, it looks like there's not a ton of changes. I think what's interesting from a grayscale perspective that 
they already have 20 billion in assets in this fund, right? And all these other guys that are starting ETFs are starting from zero, minus maybe some of these big whales you're talking about trying to precede their ETFs so they don't start at zero. But it's, I mean, it, it, if things happen where their little trust is able to be turned into a, a spot ETF for Bitcoin, they should have a huge advantage over everybody else starting out. Yeah, they've got the advantage too. Their their stock ticker is Bito. It's not, you know, like Black Rocks. Everybody else's are going to be something else, BTC, some other letter. So they're going to have if they're they're in an enviable position when these ETFs go forward. Having, I think they have like six hundred thousand Bitcoin in the in the trust right now. I can't imagine trying to start an ETF and be like, okay, for us to be close to close to second place, like a close second. I'm going to need to come up with 500,000 Bitcoin. Like that would be a, that would be a tough, that'd be a tough thing to realize. But, or if you're like, Oh, we're BlackRock, we're going to be the biggest. Okay. Now I got to come up with 750,000 Bitcoin. Like that's a, that's pretty tricky. So, so yeah, I think Grayscale is in, in a good spot as long as they can play by the rules and, uh, and move forward. I mean, BlackRock stuff to, ignore because they just they know everybody they they the, the wheels get greased for them that is true i saw recently too that uh, jim kramer has switched his stance and he is back to becoming a bitcoin bull so after a year ago pretty much telling everybody to sell their bitcoin now he is jumped back on the bandwagon it's kind of funny because he actually was a huge bitcoin bull back in the day because he can't trade any of his own stocks so he was trading bitcoin and made a lot of money out of bitcoin and then said oh it's, it's horrible you got to get out of it <laughs> so, yeah i remember and, he like she he took his profits and paid off his house and like you know he 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 had a good experience with it but then he tells everybody not to deal with it yeah and uh, apparently there's been a handful of reverse kramer etfs that have been submitted to the sec <laughs> if you pay attention to everything that he predicts it usually is the opposite of what happens so uh, people are trying to turn it into an etf for people to just invest in it, but i haven't heard of that actually getting approved yet that's pretty funny yeah so we, i mean we've talked a little bit about regulation but the other thing that was kind of interesting there's a company wallet of satoshi that is a bitcoin lightning wallet that has pulled their wallet from the u.s market so they are worried about what's going to happen and i guess i'm not surprising after what the u.s just went after binance for they don't think that it makes sense for them to stay in the u.s market right now and they hope that in the in the future they can come back once there's actually some clear regulations but it's just another regulation by enforcement i feel like for the most part from most of these u.s government entities rather than actually sitting down and saying here's what we want to do here's what we want you to follow yeah and if you're a small company you know just trying to make a wallet or whatever i could see why you'd you'd back out after they are going after cv personally yeah exactly i think the hope for a lot of people and and i think there's actually some bills in the in the house or senate today is they're trying to make people that write software code make that be the same as is free speech because right now with what they're talking about doing is that you could be personally liable for writing software code that does something that the government doesn't want you it to do which right. is kind of weird yeah or if other people use it i mean it's kind of like those mixing 
Bitcoin mixers and stuff. Like you write the code, it's not your fault. People use it nefariously. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I feel like that might be something that the Elizabeth Warrens don't let go of. Yeah. Uh, and I know you don't care about anything other than Bitcoin, but an interesting thing that did happen on the Cosmos blockchain and, and Cosmos is probably one of the top, I don't know, five or so smart contract layer ones. Their founder has mentioned that he wanted to fork Cosmos. So they recently had a proposal that was passed that is crimping the inflation. So Cosmos's inflation was at about 14% a year and they're bringing it down to 10% into which he said he wasn't a fan of. So what he wants to do is fork Cosmos and have one chain that stays with what he wants to do and then one chain that goes with what the new guys want to do and he was trying to make a proposal on how this would be kind of a a good thing for the ecosystem in general and how it could almost be looked at as like an airdrop that could grow the ecosystem ecosystem even more right so but we've seen this with a lot of the bitcoin forks and even the ethereum ones usually when they fork one kind of dies out <laughs> it doesn't mean they both survive and do well it's people are going to decide to go one way or the other and i think it'll be interesting to see which way it goes yeah it's like network effects mean you you really can't it's really unlikely that you'll have two successful organizations on a, on by forking it like people are just going to gravitate to one or the other yeah and then an interesting, some news around Avalanche. So Republic apparently just picked Avalanche to tokenize a security. And pretty much what they've done is they are investing in a bunch of companies. And if you buy their tokenized security, they're going to return dividends, I think in the form of USDC. And I'm not sure what per So one of the stable coins, it'll automatically come back to you. So it's We've been talking about tokenization for, for a while now, and now we're actually seeing a real-world use case that people can go do, and they're doing it on Avalanche, right? And and there's a handful of reasons why, but I think Republic just agrees that what Avalanche is doing aligns with what Republic wants to try to accomplish as well. So kind of exciting, and it'll be fun to see what happens in the near future as that really turns into a reality. Yeah, I think... I might own some Avalanche from way back in the day. So maybe that's worth paying attention to. Yeah. And then the last thing that I had that was kind of interesting is on the NFT side of things. And Magic Eden, who, if you pay any attention to NFTs, has been one of the bigger NFT marketplaces on the Solana ecosystem. They are working on a cross-chain NFT wallet that will allow you to own one wallet for Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and Polygon, which today you have to have three different wallets to handle everything across those blockchains. And the goal is to have a single wallet and just make things a lot easier for everybody. Uh, so it's, I think it's expected, it's in beta right now, so they're, they're testing it, but they're expecting it to happen in early 2024, as long as things go well. And, I mean, I think any time you have interoperability between all these things, it's just going to help the whole narrative be stronger long term. Yeah, they definitely need to make it easier, like holding NFTs 
it seems really clumsy to me. It's like you always have to have a dedicated wallet or like you always have to download something new. And it's it's just another reason to not for me not to do it. So yeah, it'd be a lot better if they just have one app, one wallet that does everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, exciting stuff going on. I mean, even though with the craziness of the whole Binance thing, I think there's still so much excitement on the crypto side of things that it'll be a fun ride over the next couple of years for sure. Yeah, that's the way I see it too. I think next year, next year will be interesting with the ETFs, and then towards the end of the year, assuming it goes, you know, like like a normal cycle, towards the end of the year things will start to ramp up, and then. 2025 is kind of a wild year. So it should be exciting. Awesome. Well, that's all that I had on my end. Anything else we needed to talk about? I think I'm good. Yeah. We'll talk again next week, Al. Sounds good, Jason. If all of these crypto conversations leave you with more questions and you're looking for answers, I've created a product that dives into most of those answers, including why crypto, how to set up a cold wallet, and some of the more advanced strategies for dealing with crypto. Check the link in the notes below and hope to see you there.